better or worse, the relationship between science, film, and media has long been intertwined. We're here to dissect that relationship, turning it inside out for all to see. And throughout the years, one truth has revealed itself. You don't need good science to make a good movie. But it sure makes it better. Hi everyone, and welcome to the Real Science Podcast, the podcast where three highly qualified professionals pick a movie and then pick apart the science. My name's Kenan Smith. My name is Sean Crossan. And my name is Michael Pace. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone else in between. This is a podcast where we pick a movie, we talk about the science in that film, even if there's absolutely none of it, and then we tell it to you with your good, good face and your good, good ears. Most of the time, there is nothing in it. That is the case, <laughs> most of the time. Yeah, but but even despite that, their faces and their ears are like cocked and ready to receive it mm-hmm. from us. Mm-hmm. We could make science out of nothing. Yeah, and we are going <laughs> to do that this week because... And we've done it before. What, <laughs> Sean, what movie are we watching or have we watched, so, unfortunately? God, yeah. This week, uh, we all watched the 2001 film Bubble Boy starring, uh, starring Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Our boy, Jakey G. And yeah. um, it's, I was going to say it's a movie, but it's really not. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's something. Oh, my God. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. But that's what we watched. It was a mistake. Week. Sure. Yeah, it was a mistake. Sure. Um, but it's okay. I'd say it was more of a fun and wild ride that we all got to partake on and experience together for the better this, or for yeah. worse. You know, this we, movie we was the other both... side, better human beings. Like, this yeah. movie was both wet and wild. I will say that. For the audience, um, Pace was doing air quotes the entire time he was saying that statement. <laughs> that so. is not true. I meant it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he just did air quotes He again. did them again. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I saw them again. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Hey, fuck you guys. <laughs> he also did air quotes there, too. Wow, Pace. This is an audio medium, okay? Well, I, it was weird because on my screen, when Pace said, fuck you guys, he winked when he said fuck. So I don't know what I got <laughs> out of this. I know exactly I what that means. Cool. I see Go what's happening here. I, I know what's going on. All right. Let's well, just, will you tell let's, our listeners? Uh, our yeah, tell program. our listeners what's going on in this episode and, and what they need to be worried about. Oh, there's so much. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you just sit back for the next five minutes and let Pace just, tell yeah, you all like, the disclaimers? <laughs> yeah, let's hear this, it. Let's hear it. This is a really fun podcast where where we where we three trace science boys who know lots about science. And we have PhDs um, about science, and what we're gonna what we're gonna do is we're gonna watch a movie, and then we're gonna take those all those small tiny things that you didn't realize were in the movie, and we're gonna scream at you about them and tell them why they're important and why they have to do with science when really they don't. And then while we're doing this, though, we're going to be, in addition to yelling at you, we're gonna be cursing at you, and so you should put the bed the kids to, to the bed. You put the kids inside the crib mm-hmm. where they belong. Okay. And you, you shut the door and then you listen to our great program and our sweet voices. Mm-hmm. And then you go deep with us into this cave of darkness. Dark, dark, darkness. <laughs> I like to think of it as cursing with the audience, you know? Cursing, yeah, yeah we're cursing yeah, yeah, with yeah. them, not at them. Especially if they've seen Bubble Boy. They're going to be cursing right along with us. 100%. <laughs> as one does, as one should, mm-hmm. in response to seeing the things that happened on that screen. Mm-hmm. You know, Can I'd you... like to take a bold new direction this time. I yeah, want okay. to go out on a limb here. 
Um, if you haven't seen Bubble Boy, don't watch it. Don't <laughs> it's really watch not it. good. Like, just Please don't watch don't it. Please don't watch it. Yeah. Please. No, let's not be fair. Let's be Please. fair. Bubble Boy was a movie. No. Mm-hmm. Okay, it, it's, okay, hold on. Let me start <laughs> off better. Let me start off more accurately. I mean, you're Bubble not wrong. Boy, bu- bu- <laughs> Bubble Boy was a, a cinematic experience that, that took you places that you didn't think it was going to take you. And, no. then, and then it took you there. And you and you sat there, and your eyes were on that screen, and you realized your life would never be the same again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I believe the thing when I when we finished the movie, I texted Kenan and Pace and said, "I'm going to call Jake Gyllenhaal and ask for my three dollars back because that <laughs> you movie did say was exactly so, that." So let's put it this way: the level of distasteful jokes you think so sometimes when the older movies are. The more mm-hmm. people used to get away with putting distasteful jokes in movies and like it was contextually sure, funny at the sure. time and did not age well. I was born in the 90s, okay, in the early 90s. This movie came out in 2001. I'm telling you, these jokes were not funny in 2001. Like, No, they, no, they weren't. It's only gotten worse and it definitely was not good when it came out. Like, There's just no, oh, it's awful. How? Yeah, wait, hold on. Now that we've discussed this, how did this movie do... With um, with the critics, yeah, um, that's wanna... a good question. Okay, I would well... like some feedback from the professionals who would have viewed this film. So let's ask yeah, our we friend. Should, we should find Ra- this out. Our tomato and okay, Mister Tomato. So let's just to preface it. The you know what? Okay, the tomato meter. It's a thirty percent, so it's rotten. Uh, the audience score not much better. Forty eight percent, pretty bad. Oh no! The audience yep. score is forty eight percent. That's how you know it's bad because. You know, sometimes you have a niche following for a particular uh, for a particular venture, and then it you know it gets a very very high audience score. Uh, what about let's see, what about Metacritic or the IMDb? I'm going to read you mm-hmm. the critics' consensus from Bubble Boy. Okay, this is just a okay. one sentence right. summary of all the reviews. Bubble Boy bounces along with lame offensive jokes that are no more tasteless than funny. Oh. Sorry, that are more oh, tasteless than oh. funny. Fuck. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. And uh, that's quite the tagline. And that's then, pretty dooming. My 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 boy Philip Martin, good critic, comes in here and says the most anti-human movie to surface in Showgirls. So, <laughs> so that's that's a pretty hot take from Philip over here. Wow, he's just dropping the bombs here. <laughs> oh God, yeah, it's like. <laughs> The people, wow. the people that have certified this movie fresh are actual lunatics. Like, there's just oh. no other way around it. You're reading their oh reviews, and you're like, this God. person is a lunatic. I can't. I want. I want you guys to understand that there is a, a movie critic out there who, in a single, in a single review, shit on Showgirls and Bubble Boys <laughs> in one <laughs> sentence. He was just like, I'm just gonna fucking oh, what a drop the bomb over here. Oh. A talented guy. Oh boy. That's oh something. yeah. So, anyways. Oh. That's that's our new segment. <laughs> Given oh. that we know this, I, mm-hmm. I think we have to we have to talk about it now, don't we? Yeah, we should yeah, we should get yeah. into the plot. I I will say that like to be completely clear, this fucking movie is one of the most problematic pieces of cinema I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's it's something. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. this week, so Kenan did the plot last week. So this week, Pace and I are going to square off in our plot showdown where we roll mm, a d twenty. Right. Are you ready, Pace? Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Draw. I'm excited for you guys. Wow, that's a good roll, Sean. 
What'd right. you get, Pace? I, I got the luckiest of all the numbers. I got a 13. I got a 4. Mm. Pew, pew. Looks mm. like you're doing the plot. Damn. Uh, you get the privilege okay. of doing the plot. Well, oh, I do good air quotes, Sean, that you put around the word privilege. <laughs> this this joke gonna... is even funnier for us than it is for the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> that was horrific. I guess. That was, uh, that was yeah, uh, terrible. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that beard though. Yeah, that What's beard. With the beard. That beard. He needs a beard weave. What's with the beard. A beard weave. Yeah. <laughs> he could be the the wook of all beards. He could be a beard wook. Where his beard just starts to come together and, and forms its own dreads. All right. In this movie, Bubble Boy, mm-hmm. we encounter uh, our boy Jake Gyllenhaal, Jakey G. Jakey G. Uh, and and he, plays, he plays a young lad who I believe his name is Kevin. No, Jimmy. Jimmy. It's mm-hmm. definitely Jimmy. Jimmy mm-hmm. Definitely Jimmy. And Jimmy was born without a functioning immune system. Mm-hmm. And what a, what a shitty hand to be dealt. Um, and so in the immunity or sorry, in the movie, they say he has no immunities. Yes. <laughs> yes. That was the least scientific way of saying that thing that I could ever, ever even possibly imagine. Yes, I um, agree. <laughs> anyway, um, we'll talk about what that actually means later on in the program, mm-hmm. but essentially, uh, this is a boy that had to live inside a disinfected germ free environment because any germ will quote unquote, it, it will kill him. Uh, he'll be dead. He's exposed to any pathogens. Um, and so throughout, he basically, the, the beginning part of the film is the introduction to his life as a bubble boy, a boy who lives in a bubble that is protected from the world outside of him. Uh, his parents, mostly his mom, is a raging Reagan 1980s uh, oh. Christian lunatic um, yeah, who please. basically is trying to protect him from the... Uh, the ways of the world, yeah, uh, and using his disease as an excuse. Played uh, by Swoozy Kurtz. So. What a swoozy, swoozy bitch. Um, <laughs> Jesus and Christ. So because of this, uh, Apologies he grows to up Kurtz. Sorry, very, he grows up very naive, and he's, he's kind of unsure of the way the world works around him. Anyway, um, the thing that kind of drives this plot forward in this movie is that he meets a girl. And this girl's name is Chloe. And mm-hmm. Chloe is a beautiful, beautiful blonde lass who is basically a girl next door, literally a girl next door, actually, uh, who he sees washing a car. And we all know what that does whenever a young lad sees a girl next door washing a car. Mm-hmm. Um, what's going to happen? And so he falls in love with her immediately because uh, that's what you do whenever you're 16 and you see a young, uh, young lady washing a car. Um, or just like fucking so- any, anyone. <laughs> yeah, just anyone like, tits, hot. Yeah, like, oh shit, tits. Um, yeah, and, <laughs> anyone and so, attractive, anyone attractive, anyone attractive, even if just like 40, 50 years old still. Um, <laughs> wow, this is so essentially like Deborah here. Messing. Even if it's de- especially if it's Deborah Messing, especially, especially if it's, if it's Deborah, Deborah Messing. Uh, so, what happens next is he meets this. He gets to meet this girl who we, we initially think she's just kind of feeling sorry for him because he's a he's a boy in a bubble and he's mm-hmm. isolated to his own house and she's hanging out with him and, you know, talking to him and, uh, they become very good friends and she simultaneously is dating this. I, I'm pretty sure the biggest tool I've ever seen in my entire life. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. I, that's, he, he, that's the only purpose that he serves in the film. I forgot his name. 
doesn't fucking matter. His He's name Mark. is must fucking Douchebag McGee, basically. Like, douchebag yeah. McGee. I mean, his name is yeah. Mark. Let's, yeah, let's it's, not... but that stands pronounced Douchebag McGee. <laughs> it's pronounced Douchebag douche McGee because he is very, barely a human. It's actually a, a, human it's a silent Mark and a pronounced Douchebag McGee. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, whose whose only credit that I could, oh, notable credit that I could find was uh, playing in the movie Scary Movie uh, Special Officer Doofy. <laughs> <laughs> so almost Officer Doofy. That was really close to be. It was very McGee. close. Was yeah. Very close. Yeah. Very yeah. close. But um, continue. No, that's a, yeah. So essentially, he becomes good friends with Chloe. His mom is very jealous, as mm-hmm. you might imagine. You know, that's an overprotective mother. Um, and one day that Chloe is announced, she's like, you know what? I've had enough of this life in California, which is where they're mm-hmm. living. I'm going to get married to Mark, and I'm going to go to Niagara Falls to get married. Mm-hmm. In, three, in three fucking days, she approaches him in his bubble and says, oh, by the way, hey, I know you love me, but I love you, but I'm getting married in three days to Douchebag McGee. Um, and mm-hmm. so this leads to a to her. So she she departs for New York to go to Niagara Falls to get married. And Mm -hmm. meanwhile, Jimmy realizing the mistake that he has made by not telling her how he feels is going to pursue her in his own homemade standalone bubble that he is going to escape from his home with Mm -hmm. and travel cross country 3000 miles to Niagara Falls, his bubble suit, if you will, his bubble suit, his boot, and so mm-hmm. the rest of the movie, yep. I, I don't know if I really want to go that much into it because the rest of the movie is a a string of events where he meets a wide variety of interesting characters on his trip to Niagara Falls to to stop Chloe from from marrying McGee fellow. Yeah. Um, he, he encounters a cult, the bright and shinies, who thinks that he is the chosen one. Mm-hmm. Um, he encounters a, a gang of motorcyclists who become mm-hmm. attached to him and are very defensive towards Led him. Led by Danny Led Trejo, <laughs> which which arguably is the best part of the entire film. Oh yeah, for uh, sure. In which I very much enjoyed the Calvin and Hobbes esque. Uh, it was wasn't it? friendship yeah. between Danny Trejo and Jake Gyllenhaal yeah. Yeah. during this film, yeah. and repeated several times to my co-host that I only cared about these two and wanted a standalone movie with Bubble Boy and, and Slim. They, the yeah, biker I, like if honestly the rest of the movie had just been like Danny Trejo just like teaching Jake Gyllenhaal yeah. how to like be a human that lives outside of his house while they're yes. going to Niagara Falls, it would have been great. Like just a lot it of personal very growth good. and stuff. I agree. <laughs> I mean, that was probably the purest relationship that was in a, it was in that film, right? And I think I think honestly, Pace, if I if I if I may help you sum up the plot Please? of this film, uh, basically from the first after the first fifteen minutes. And up until the last 15 minutes, this movie is Jake Gyllenhaal roaming the country and collecting people the same way that, you know, big fish occurs. So they can all show up at the very end of that. So very much like that movie. But he spends the entire time trying to convince people not to be racist or shitheads. That's just Bubble Boy traveling the United States, teaching people to not be assholes. To not be horrific people. It didn't work. It didn't fucking take. It didn't take. Yeah, spoiler: no. the world is the worst. Yes, he should have talked to the director it. of this film. Yeah, he should have been. He should have been looking at the camera the whole time, like, "Stop it! Stop! Stop watching this! Stop watching Stop this! It. <laughs> it's bad." Ugh. That's a good point. How can you go through that, Jakey G? What kind of human being are you, Jakey okay. G? You, you know what? You let us down several years ago. Yeah, well, it was eighteen years ago. It's okay. Um, oh God. Yeah, I know. <laughs> 
Yeah, you're old. I yeah. know. I know, Sean. Yep. Anyway, <laughs> um, the, the movie culminates with Jakey G, our boy Jimmy, finally gets to Niagara Falls after you know meeting a wide variety of characters. Um, and by characters, I mean silly people, not just the generic term characters. Right. Uh, and he is able to confront um, Chloe and McGee and uh, object to the marriage um, and then he realizes that the way that life generally works is this is how things go. Um, that Oh, but he's been fine the entire time since he's been four years old and he's actually had immunities, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, and his mother and so was just fine. lying to him. He, yeah, his mom was just yeah. lying to him to protect him from the world. And that also never really happens in, yeah. in real life either. Well, so maybe. Really, really interesting. No, I don't think it is. No. No, I don't think so. And so... Um, <laughs> He 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 kisses Chloe, and then I think it ends happily, right? That's that's the movie. I don't know. That's... It kind of feels like an extended ver- like like this movie is just Munchausen syndrome. The movie, you know what I mean? Like, I like yeah. the mom yeah. basically convinces him that she's she's sick. He's sick the entire time. Yeah. Yes. The only redeeming quality is that he was actually sick apparently, and then he got better. Yeah, but like that's also just Buck Wild. But we can talk about scientifically why that's complete. I don't. I just wouldn't happen. I mean, there's also a very good moment in the movie where uh, Mr. Livingston, played by John Carroll Lynch, who is uh, famous for being um, mistaken for David Kirshner from the Anchorman movies, um, <laughs> they like, do look a lot alike. He lets Bubble Boy out of. He lets Jakey G out of the car so that he can go pursue the love of his life and also in the church where jakey g has confronted the love of his life kissed her and then i guess died because he thought he was supposed to tells his wife to come clean yeah yeah Yeah. this movie was wild man also Um, like inexplicably jake gyllenhaal's haircut is the fucking worst the entire time it's so bad yes like it's just really dumb but there's like no reason it's just like they're like let's make him look kooky it's to make him it's to make him just seem weird they're like yeah the big bubble suit isn't enough let's make him look kooky let's make him look kooky oh also one last thing just because i fucking love this type of dumb trivia zach galifianakis is in this guy yeah he was (laughs) he was he was the he was was like is that zach galifianakis i can't fucking tell yeah he's like i he looks like zach galifianakis's uh level of attractiveness is like a fucking bell curve but inverted whatever that is help me out statisticians (laughs) Uh, because like curve a hell curve. In a this hell movie, curve. He's like super fucking hot, and then he went through yeah, a phase he where he became a weird boy, and then came out on the other end like looking hot again. So and now he's hot. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. He was hot in 2001, and now he's hot in 2019. Right? Is how that's worked. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. He's got like a right. silver fox Just thing like going me. on. Hey. Yeah. That's right. Just like you. No, Sean. You're all, you're always been hot. Yeah. Come I mean, on. it was mine was a line, but like I'm just saying I was. Oh, hot oh, sure. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't a bell. It wasn't a bell curve. You're so you're just saying you've always been hot. Okay. All right. Yeah. <clears throat> Okay. That's true. Yeah. That's true. That's okay. True. All right. That makes sense. You heard it here um, first, folks. <laughs> I, yeah. Where else are you going to hear it? All right. <laughs> wife. Oh, shit. Damn. 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 Wow. Okay. I'm going to ignore that. And instead of hearing Ken in fake echoes, why don't, I'm sorry, Sean. Why why don't, don't we don't, talk about don't. all of the science in this movie? Movie. movie I can movie. explain the science in one sentence. Okay. Hit us. Okay. Are you guys ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Once there was a boy who didn't have any immunities. He got closer to the bike, huh? Semicolon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then he turned four and got immunities. 
Mm-hmm. Period. Okay, that's that's not science. That's the science in the movie. That's the that's, yeah. just, a, that's just a plot summary with a weird grammatical like a semicolon put in the middle. It it wasn't that weird um, of a grammatic thing. It was just a semicolon. People use those all the time, Sean. You just had Sean, a period though, like like that's just well, a I, weird. I added, I added I added a period because that's how you end a sentence with proper. Hey guys, yeah. hey guys, yes. yeah. I know there's not a lot of science in this film, but we can't fill the space with whatever's happening. Okay, right you're here. right. All right, all right. <laughs> okay, all right. I am gonna talk about some science in this film. Okay, let's hear it. Okay, well, not in this film at all, but I think we should talk about the disease <laughs> that is portrayed in this film in the mm-hmm. actual real life context, which. Disclaimer for our listeners is significantly less uh, comedic, if I could use that word. Uh, yeah, than Bubble Boy. <laughs> so, yeah, agreed. I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, I, I guess we should just dive into it. It's kind of weird juxtaposing it with the film Bubble Boy, but like, well, I, oh, Sean, why don't you start out with the actual? Yeah, let's Bubble do the Boy. biology. Let's do the biology. Of well, what I was just gonna say. Well, is it? This is based on a. a tr- this is obviously based on an actual. You this know, is inspired child. by a true uh, okay, yeah, disease. Based, yeah. I feel like based, based on is a strong makes word. it seem weird. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, but this is this is inspired by an actual boy who did live in a bubble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can talk about and him. yeah, please, please. Okay, so there's another movie that is more serious called what is it, Kenan? You said it before. Oh, uh, it's called The Boy in the Plastic the Bubble. It stars John Travolta. Bubble. Starring it's John Travolta. It's a 1976 film, I believe is correct. Yeah, and we couldn't have done that, of course, because that's got John Travolta in it. So Yeah, and we have a sworn... Uh, John Travolta is a sworn enemy of this podcast. Yeah, he's a, he's up there with lines. Kristen Wiig on this one. So. 100%. Absolutely. Fuck that bitch. Uh, um, Damn. So... Their person who had this disease, uh, it's called Severe Combined Immunodeficiency Disorder, mm-hmm. otherwise known as SCID, S-C-I-D. Um, what a horrific acronym. It is a pretty SCID. weird, it sounds like scab, like it's pretty bad, but... It sounds like um, SCID. Okay, yes, it sounds like SCID. Uh, <laughs> this child's name was David Vetter. He uh-huh. was born in Houston, Texas, and he had Severe Combined Immunodeficiency Disorder, so basically right after he was born he was placed in a like containment complex, which was essentially a bubble of sorts where he had to live. And he, it wasn't mobile. Like it was at the hospital. And I believe they eventually built one at like a, I think, it, I don't know if it was his home or if it was like a nursing facility that they built one at for long-term stay. Okay. But they like expanded compartments onto this to try and give him more, you know, room to grow um because he was essentially there's no treatment for this disease uh currently there's some like therapies in development but they're not available to the public to use for this disease Uh, Um, okay but this is also a really rare disease too but so anyways he had his chamber and they actually there was one instance where apparently nasa designed a like mobile bubble suit for him to go outside in like very temporarily um, so it was essentially like a spacesuit that NASA designed for him, which cool. is pretty cool. Um, yeah. Really, really quick, mm-hmm. Sean, I, I only stopped you now because I wanted to make sure that we don't have to like renege on something. I thought that there was, I thought that there was standard therapy for this. I just so to make it, just so we make it clear, I thought that you can get the. Um, it depends. Uh, okay, the, sorry. It depends on which 
uh, gene you have mutated. There's like an enzyme replacement therapy for some huh. of them. I thought but you it, could also get the. Um, uh, can you get a bone marrow transplant cell transplantation? So okay, yes, you can get a bone marrow transplant. I, I more so. Right. Just, I just don't want to tell people there's no approved treatments if there are approved treatments no you're right you're right you can get a bone marrow transplant bone marrow transplant for this is very it's very risky and not like definitely not always successful but but it is kind of like your only option but there are other treatments that are probably more promising that are uh in development but they're not Mm -hmm. at the stage yet where they're ready to be used that makes makes sense sense. okay yeah because i think i think bone marrow transplants are like the most common way that you deal with this, but they're also like a very dangerous thing to be doing. Yeah. Person. Right. Yeah, like sure. it's more like a last resort sort of thing. Sure. Um, so, okay. Uh, content warning. It's going to get a little sad here. Yeah. So this kid, David Vetter, he actually passed away from this disease at age 12. And uh, the reason he passed away is because he got a bone marrow transplant from his sister, who was a donor, and there was a dormant Epstein-Barr virus, which is the virus that causes mono, in oh, no. the bone marrow that was undetectable by the detection methods they were using to screen the bone marrow, and then he got Burkitt's lymphoma and died. So, no, it's very fuck. sad. Yes. Sorry, Kenan, say something funny, quick. Uh, big, <laughs> baby, big baby poops. Oh, Oh no, that okay. made it worse. Made that it worse. somehow oh, made it wait, worse. Let me try again. Let me try again. Let me try again. Okay. Um, what do you what do you call uh fourteen lawyers at the bottom of a lake? What do you call them? A homicide. Oh, <laughs> was that was that good? I did don't I fix, know. Did I fix it? I'm not sure. I don't even I'm get confused. it. I don't even I will, get it. I will say that, like to the to the credit of everything that occurred there, though, like at the time there wasn't a test for Epstein Barr virus. Like, there's yes, no, no way th- that they could have detected. This is not like yeah. this is this is the thing. Bone marrow transplants are extremely risky, and like most of the time, so when people do bone marrow transplants, you can do an autologous, meaning that it's your own uh, bone mm-hmm. marrow that has been mm-hmm. like taken out of your body, treated in some way, and then given back to you. Gotcha. Or you can do a heterologous, meaning it's from a different person. And mm-hmm. the thing is, when you have severe combined immunodeficiency disorder, you can't do an autologous bone marrow transplant because you're not making the immune cells that you need yeah. to live. Uh, so you have to get it from sense. someone else. And anytime you get it from someone else, there's a huge risk of developing this thing called graft versus host disease, which means mm-hmm. that your body essentially recognizes that the bone marrow is not yours and just attacks it and you die from that or you you either negate the treatment or you have an adverse reaction to it so mm-hmm. that can be you know it's a yeah. pretty risky thing to do and so his body apparently accepted the donut the donor but there was a virus in it and if you have no immune system and you get infected with the virus it's going to cause a lot of problems so and and just to clarify for our listeners too like graft versus host disease is something that uh, definitely is commonly associated with uh, stem cell transplants like those that occur with bone marrow transplants but you can get them from other things like solid organ transplants and things like that and effectively what it is is that the white blood cells of a donor's immune system uh, that are still within that donated uh, donated tissue will then recognize the host tissue 
right? So yeah. like you say you're given a liver, right? And you still have white blood cells or wherever that, where, whatever you're getting donated. They recognize all of the tissue within your body as foreign. Uh, and then you get an immune reaction based on that. Yeah. They just start like wreaking havoc. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, a, or yeah, so you can, you can have a lot of bad reactions cause you're putting something foreign in your body. And most of the time your body is developed to fight off things that are not supposed to be there. So, okay. Anyways, so that's, that's the, a real life person that had to live in a bubble and it's, it's pretty sad because, you know, he didn't get to live very long, but it is neat to see some of the things that like NASA put time into like creating a suit for him to go outside, which is pretty cool to see. Um, but yeah, it's obviously less fucking dorky than this movie. But uh, oh yeah, for sure. I guess, I guess like we sort of touched on what Skid is or what causes Skid. Do you want to talk yeah, about some immunology a little bit? Yeah, move I, I was into gonna, it. I was actually going to suggest like maybe we talk about what immunity is yeah. in general, like very quickly Ooh, because what a, what a, a good in idea. this in this movie they just say immunities, uh, which means absolutely fucking nothing. Um, and I, I, I like, nothing. Yeah, exactly. In order to try and kind of like help the listener think about the way that the immune system works within the human body, when we f- refer to things as uh, like you have an immunity to something, right? This directly describes the ability of your body to recognize something as foreign versus something that belongs to your body. So like of the host body or what's commonly referred to as self. Um, and it's very easy to kind of like reduce all of these down to what are known as innate and adaptive components. And very, very basically, the innate immunity is something that in general, you're, it's a part of your uh, immune system that can fight off things pre-existing without any sort of exposure. Whereas your adaptive immune, immune system, once you're previously exposed to something, it is then able to fight that off better the next time that it happens. So the best example that we can always give of this is something like an immunization. So when you receive like uh, uh, the flu shot, for instance, they're giving you a broken version of the virus that can't do anything to you once injected and your body sees it as foreign and goes, no, fuck that. We got to get this shit out of here. So the next time that you get a flu infection, if you get the real flu infection, your body's more able to fight that off. Yeah. It's primed Um, to attack it. Exactly. Whereas like the innate immunity may be things like, you know, you have antibodies in your mucus and things like that. So if you get pathogens that way, like you're more able to fight those off already just because your body's like pre-equipped. Like the human body knows there's going to be some fucking bullshit in here we got to get rid of. Right. And there's just like some cells that their job is to just patrol your body and just like look for shit that looks weird. And then generally if something's found, they just alert the adaptive immune system and just say like, mm-hmm. hey, you guys need to like ramp up because something's wrong right. here, you know? Exactly. So. Well, and and also associated with these two types of like, like of these types of immunity, adaptive and innate, right? There are also like certain cell types, right? Which mm-hmm. are associated with certain, like the natural killer cells, for example, right? These are only, these are primarily a part of the innate immune system, right? Where these are things that will flock to wherever a, uh, a newly found pathogen is without necessarily knowing what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas you have like other types of cells like, uh, like, like, like memory B cells, right? Which make antibodies, um, which then are part of your adaptive immunity, which remember things uh, and allow your body to fight more efficiently in the future against uh, new pathogens that are, re- that are, that are uh, introduced. Yeah. And it is actually mm-hmm. important to point out that with the, with SCID, with severe combined immunodeficiency, these patients essentially have absolutely no adaptive immune system. 
So they still have their innate immune system, but right. without the adaptive immune system, you cannot fight off like essentially any viral or like bacterial infections that you're getting. And it means um, ever either like ever. because like you're you're born without the adaptive immune system. So like one of the things that, you know, we've all fucking heard growing up is like people talk about, oh, you know, let kids eat shit off the floor because it builds your immune system. Child- children with skid start out with a complete inability at all whatsoever to build that immune system. So it's not a thing. It's not like one of those things where it gets worse over time. It's that this child is not building any immunities at all over time. So later on in adulthood, if they're ever exposed, if they've actually been careful, these can, these can cause serious problems or they can just cause serious problems right out of the gate. Right. Because there's a lot of viruses on the day to day that m- people are exposed to all of the time or different bacteria that's just on your skin and stuff like that that won't cause an infection. It's just living there. But if you have absolutely no immune system, then any little bit that gets into your body, nothing's there to really prevent it from just growing out of control so it's actually similar so if you think of parallels to aids um you know that's a similar thing it's an immunodeficiency that's caused by a virus that kills your part of your immune system then people with aids will die from things like leukemia or like random viral infections that people don't normally get so Right, right actually the type of lymphoma that uh what's his name david vetter died yep, from yep. it's the type of lymphoma that's common in aids patients because that's what will kill AIDS oh patients interesting so okay yeah that makes sense it's like an opportunistic disease that if you have an intact immune system you most likely won't get but mm-hmm. right yeah. mm-hmm. right so as we're learning this I'm is learning very so sad. much <laughs> yeah it is pretty this sad is yeah. Very, yeah very it's sad some, it's some sad ass um, bullshit because the, the kind of shit that we take for granted every day uh, to be able to, I don't know, um, drink from a dirty glass or kiss someone. Yeah. Sure can't do that. Yeah. With, yeah. Um, or like eat old food and go, nah, I'll probably be all right. Yep. Sure can't. Or, or like breathe the oxygen, the <laughs> yeah, air around you. Yeah, just breathe the air. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. man. Breathing is such a, such a fucking privilege, isn't it? But, uh. you know... I, even though you're right, Pace, it is a very sad disorder, but maybe this would be a good time, actually, that we talked about some of the current therapies that people are looking into. Hey, that's a good idea. Yeah, we, yeah. I because like we idea. do have the bone marrow transplants, which could work. It's just that those are very risky. And not that these other therapies aren't risky, but they're earlier in development. Pace, why don't you yes. hit us with some of those newer therapies people are working on? Yeah, well, I mean, new is like a relative word, but I mean, so right now, what people do, uh, they'll get stem cell transplantations in mm-hmm. um, for for for, for the, these for these patients. So these stem cell transplants essentially come from a matched donor. This is likely going to be like a sibling. Um, this is going to be the the most likely to like lead to successful restoration of immune function. Um, but a parent like can do this if they have to. Um, and essentially what this is effectively doing is essentially restoring immune function by introducing functional stem cells that can grow into mu- new immune cells uh, that can be used to restore immunity. But unfortunately, this mostly just leads to a partially restored immunity. Um, and uh, unfortunately, a lot of the uh, a lot of the patients uh, who receive these these transplants, especially after the like age of 3.5 months, there's not like a really 
long window that you can do this, uh, don't don't end up end up surviving anyway. Um, so I think that the, the most promising therapy, as far as I'm aware, uh, is is going to be actually uh, a gene therapy, which we've yeah uh, talked about before um, on on the podcast. So like in this type of gene therapy, I think this is specifically for the a particular genetic variant of SCID. Um, and so what can be done is that you get you get stem cells from the actual patient's bone marrow. Okay, that's their own cells. And then they essentially restore gene function uh, by introducing a correct version of a mutated gene into mm-hmm. their own stem cells. And then they put the cells back into your bloodstream. Uh, and this leads to the restoration of T-cell function and other types of immune cell function uh, that are compromised in SCID. Um, now, this is still a work in progress because mm-hmm. the, without getting into too much detail, the types of what are known as like vectors or kind of like delivery systems for mm-hmm. these new genes, uh, some of them have apparently led to the development of leukemia yes. in these patients within like three or four years I can expand after, after if treatment. Like pace. Yeah, please do, Sean. Okay, so sorry, you said the word gene therapy and I was like, I have to. I have to yeah, I, on, my, my alarms also went off and I got some shit I want to say <laughs> too. My gene therapy sense is tingling. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, what Pace said is all completely correct. It's basically um you essentially do it's what an autologous bone marrow transplant. So you take the own person's bone marrow, but the problem is their stem cells and their bone marrow aren't making immune cells because they have a genetic mutation. So we generally will use a virus in order to correct this genetic Mm -hmm. mutation in the bone marrow cells. And then once it's corrected, you put it back in the body so that they'll just be functioning like normal cells. And the viruses that we currently use for this, um, well, okay, the ones we currently use are actually derived from HIV, because HIV specifically infects your immune cells pretty well. Um, but mm-hmm. when they first did these therapies in the early 90s, they used a virus called gamma retrovirus. That's right. And anyone who follows gene therapy news, which I'm assuming most people don't, you probably will not hear anything about gamma retrovirus. And the reason is, in these patients with SCID, when they use this treatment... A lot of the patients actually recovered from severe combined immunodeficiency and they started doing better and they had their own sense of immunity. But then they got leukemia. And that's pretty bad because you can't have a treatment that gives someone a disease that's also going to kill them. Um, And it turns out... That's a big problem, isn't it? Yeah, it turns out that even though you were treating their skid, they were getting leukemia. And it's because the particular virus they were using was basically turning on genes that promote cancer so that was like a side effect of the treatment so now we don't use that virus anymore um people use lentivirus which is basically hiv um yeah yeah and that does not have the same carcinogenic effects but it's still in the research and development stage obviously lentivirus at this point is like basically uh the kind of like a virus that has been kicked around enough by science to the point where like it's 
barely functional on what it used to do at all. Yeah, it's like um, derived from HIV, but it doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't act like HIV. Like it doesn't make you sick. It doesn't do anything like that. It's not a replicating virus. It just goes. Yeah. And del- it's used to deliver DNA to cells. Yeah. I, I will say though, to your point, I mean, um, well, expanding on what you had mentioned earlier, there's actually a uh, gamma retroviral treatment for skid. It's it's derived. Um, from murine leukemia virus, which is a gamma retrovirus, uh, but it's called Strimvelis. It was actually approved in 2017 uh, in Europe. So um, I think sometime last year, I'd have to go back and look it up, but Strimvelis was used to treat specifically the ADA version of uh, of SCID, which is adenosine deaminase deficiency is, is what that stands for. So like it breaks down uh, these things called purines that are in your body and it basically causes the accumulation of uh, toxic byproducts. Like, yeah. Toxic byproducts yeah. that you really don't want present that, uh, that eventually ruin your immune system. So, mm-hmm. um, but it's kind of cool that like that kind of builds upon the point you're making earlier is that like this gamma retrovirus was wrecking havoc, but the, the company that developed this basically crippled the virus as what it was previously and changed it out for something that we can actually use now for gene therapy. Yeah. And it's likely that in the future, more treatments will be using lentivirus or we'll be using a lentivirus instead of gamma retro just be- for because sure. like it takes so much time to get stuff approved. These gamma retrovirus trials started in the 90s and it's 2017 yeah. Yeah. that thing got approved. So like the people have had 27 years to like mm-hmm. make sure that the virus that they're using on their own is actually not going to cause harm to people. But, but yeah, that's a good point. It's not like yeah. a complete lost cause. It's just, obviously you don't want to give people cancer while you're treating their immunodeficiency. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And well, what you're talking about too, is like a greater commentary on the gene therapy field, which is like, you know, the, uh, we try a lot of things in science and especially in desperation to like actually fix people. Yeah. And sometimes it doesn't work out, but other times like you made the right choice doing like one thing a really long time ago because it takes a very long time to get stuff pushed into mm-hmm. the clinic. And because you made the right choice to do X, Y, or Z, you're not the one that's like caused problems. You haven't caused complications. Yeah. And whatever you've yeah. been working on is the thing that people are using. So, yeah. If you Isn't, if listeners didn't pick up on it, Kenan and I work in the gene therapy field. <laughs> so it's like all we fucking care do. about, all I we guess. Do. That's all we live and breathe. <laughs> Isn't there a controversial scientist right now, I think in China, who is using who is using CRISPR in Embryo? infants in embryos to to protect against HIV and he's he is mm-hmm. Wait, I really? Think. CRISPR in infants? I didn't hear about that. Uh, yeah, I'll so double check. You can cut no, this no, from no. the show. But. So basically, what um, uh, there was this thing that I think happened in maybe maybe early. No, it happened in late 2018, and, and basically, a scientist used CRISPR technology to alter embryos. Yeah, I um, remember that. Well, so I think what I remembered him doing is that he altered like whatever the receptor is for HIV, so that they could no longer receive it. Oh, uh, and it was, oh, yeah, like yeah, the. CXCR f- or 18 CC, or 14 or whatever some yeah. some receptor yeah, yeah it's cool I promise we're scientists and we know this shit but yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't work on this shit like. yeah exactly but yeah that was the idea is that he basically made it so that like whatever the receptor is for these types of tropical viruses like 
doesn't exist and it was a huge fucking deal because he wasn't supposed to be doing it so it was a huge deal because yeah. a group of scientists all got together and specifically made a like set of guidelines saying that hey we're not at a point in society where we can be messing around with gene editing and embryos so everybody yeah. agreed to not do it and all these countries yep. and government of bodies were like okay that sounds good. And then this guy was like, I'm just going to fucking do it anyways. Like, and no, guess what? Fuck it. Yeah, fuck it. He was arrested by the fucking Chinese government and he's MIA. <laughs> they just like fucking scooped yeah. him up and he's gone now. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that's really exciting. Really ha- like fun, happy stuff that we're that we're it's interesting um, at the very least yeah it's good i i will say that uh we're we're running short on time and i feel like we covered a lot of really fucking good science so if it's okay with you guys i know it's really crazy that like this fucking oh my god we're in the ratings wow how'd we get there pace watch out that rating of us hit you right in the head and flew in yeah i apologize i really had to i lobbed that right over the right over the side without saying a word to anybody my bad yeah you spiked it down Mm-hmm. I saw it coming. That's right. Slap shot right into the end zone. Um, who wants to? <laughs> who wants to fucking rate this bad boy? What a sports boy. Oh. Uh, Sean. Sean, rate this boy. Science in this movie: rate zero out of five. Sean. Garbage. No science at all. <laughs> garbage. The one opportunity garbage. they had, they did nothing with it. Um, <laughs> nothing. They said the word immunities. They said the word immunities, saying he doesn't have immunities, which doesn't even make any sense. He doesn't have immunities. It it made absolutely zero difference. Do you fucking... Blair Hayes, you fucking hear me? You fucked up. (laughs) Okay. Entertainment rating. I would normally give this movie... I mean, I guess it would be one out of five or fucking zero out of five. I'm going to give it Mm -hmm. a low-ass rating, like a one out of ten. Mm-hmm. Um, wow! Sure, but I'm gonna actually give it a negative one out of ten because of how distasteful what? and rude the jokes were. It made it like so cringy. I could not yeah. handle this fucking movie. Like, yeah, it was the whole time. I'm just like looking around, like, oh man, like you get this like weird guilty feeling. You're like, I hope people understand I'm not enjoying this movie because these jokes are so fucking bad. Oh, like, they're fucking god, they're awful. They're so distasteful. It was really bad. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so yeah, negative one out of ten, record breaking, negative one. Canon? Yeah, I don't. Man, I fucking hated this movie. I hated this movie a lot. As the like the 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 resident SJW of this fucking podcast, this movie that made me want you. to launch my body into the sun. Yeah, that is you. That makes sense. That checks out. This movie was like uh, uh, Tom Green vomited a script into Andrew's, Andrew Dice Clay's mouth and then he wrote everything down that he experienced during the process and that's what this movie came out as it was fucking garbage and I'm gonna give it I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a a zero out of five definitely for the science because it was very bad and I know we just did Buckaroo Banzai and I know I said that I probably have rated things lower and Buckaroo deserves a little bit more than that this definitely falls under Buckaroo Banzai for sure oh yeah Buckaroo yeah. Banzai was like a wild movie but at least yeah. it wasn't like fucking cringy the whole time like yes yes Jesus yeah. Christ and as far as entertainment is concerned, I'm not even going to deign to give this movie a number on our fucking rating scale. This movie, the the amount of entertainment I got out of this movie would was this would be the same as if somebody took a mace and hit me in the testicles with it. That's how entertaining this movie was. That's uh that's a very visceral image. Yeah. 
it's Sorry, like I'm reliving the movie all over again. I don't want to like set you up for trying to t- trying to top Pace that. Pace is gonna come Pace, in. Like, would you like? Well, to I, like it. I think that I'm just gonna have to be the one that comes in here and plays a little bit of devil's well, advocate with you guys. Are the, you? Are you? Here's what's you? gonna happen. <laughs> no, not I'm. I'm not really. But here's, I. I more just want to offer a differing perspective. Not that much. Okay. Different. Oh my god. Everything you. Everything. I'm, you no, guys I'm here said with you. I'm here. fucking strapped Every, in, man. <laughs> Everything you guys said is completely true, and I agree with it. But um, uh, so for the science, I'm also going to give it a zero out of five. That one's pretty, pretty, pretty uh, clean cut. Mm-hmm. Um, there was not. It was not. There was not science in the film. They didn't discuss any science. They couldn't There's even no science. They couldn't even bother to use the word that this boy he he lacks a proper immune system. He just doesn't have immunities, and that actually kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Mm-hmm. But in regards to the entertainment. I agree with everything that you said about the problematic features of the film because it was one of the most cringeworthy things I've seen in a long time. Oh, yeah. Um, I will say, I do want to highlight one, what I will view as a positive aspect, aspect of the film. And that is that this is this came out in 2001. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think this is before a lot of the modern day, what we're used to, absurdist humor had become pretty prevalent. Sure. And this movie was filled with absurdist humor mm-hmm. um even though it failed at executing said humor a lot of the time uh it it was it, it definitely fit that bill and i think was actually probably pretty unique in regards to the humor type that it was going for during the time that it was released mm-hmm. so i'm gonna give it credit for that because uh, it was absurd it was goofy as hell which you know, we do actually yeah. usually enjoy um pace i'll agree so. with you that that, that, that this was uh when did you say this movie came out 2001. 2001. Okay, so this movie came out nine years after Encino Man, and is I would say that is like the the spiritual, the spiritual successor, successor to Encino Man. Man with just a lot more offensive comedy. In yeah, it. yeah. Um, and so that all bearing in mind, I'm gonna give this movie a th- a three out of ten for entertainment. That um, is the fair. most generous entertainment rating. You you belong with these insane people on Rotten Tomatoes face. Yeah. <laughs> with the people well, who love no, I'm Polly actually Shore. the average then. If the that, people who were like, I loved it. Out. What a great coming of age tale. No, no. I, <laughs> I gave it a three out of 10. That is the Rotten Tomatoes I rating. I know, I know. You. You're right. I'm okay. just kidding. Face. Okay. Kidding. All right. Um, Let's get out of here, man. I'm tired of this. So boys, we didn't get any questions this week. And to be honest, it's because we didn't ask for any. And to be honest twice... It's because this movie's fucking garbage, and I didn't want to encourage anyone to watch it. That is exactly all true, Kenan. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. My sentiments exactly. Um, But I did have a quick quiz, uh, or more more so a survey, I guess. uh, If if you guys are open to it, would you Mm. would you be open to it? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I can I can fall into that with you. I love surveys. Cool. Okay, so uh, what I would like to do is go around the room. We'll start with Paste, then we'll do Sean, then I'll go last. But uh, I would like for us to pick our favorite immune cell, and then please tell me why, uh, and then pick your favorite character from this fine film, Bubble Boy, starring Jake Gyllenhaal, and then tell me why. Um, mm, perfect. If you guys are amenable to this. Mm, interesting. I only oh, know three so immune cells, so... <laughs> Fair enough. Well, <laughs> well yeah, Paste. Your options are limited. <laughs> Pace, what you got? Tell us. Uh, my favorite immune cells are the natural killer cells. Let me tell Ooh. you why. Let me, let me let me tell you why. Let me, Let's let me, hear it. Give us give us why. a quick give us a quick coverage. Okay, yeah, sure. Expand a, on that. They were named back in the 1970s. Whenever people gave cool names to cells, 
mm-hmm. and as opposed to just letters and, and numbers that are really hard to keep track of in your head. No one ever fucking forgot a natural killer cell, right? But also, <laughs> these cells, these cells don't need no man. They're the independent woman of the immunology community. They do their <laughs> own that thing. Is. They do their own thing. They don't need stimulation via antigens. They can just they can just go fucking kill tumor cells and viral infected cells on their own. They don't they they're independent. Yeah. They don't need to see that foreign they, body bullshit. They roll up don't, to don't whatever they're, they're looking at. They do what they and want. And they say, it looks like you need a little breathing space. And then they pop a goddamn hole in those motherfuckers. <laughs> and then oh, it dies. God. Yeah, they get them real good. Oh, they, just, they come just, in and go like, I do what I want. Whatever. Blow them right open. So that's why I like natural killer cells. In regards to my favorite character in this film, mm-hmm. I, I didn't really like anyone that much. No, that's a good answer, and I accept it. But that's actually the correct answer. You win. Yep. You win the quiz. But, but I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it to Chloe mm-hmm. for showing us all what not to do with our life. That's good. Yeah, I think she hit the reset think, button on who she likes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. Wow. Cool. Insightful. All right, Sean, give us a quick shot. What you got? Okay, so my favorite immune cell is the dendritic cell. Ooh, the, the noodle <laughs> boys. That's because this is the cell that basically activates your adaptive immune system. It presents antigens, and it also helps train your immune system to not recognize things that it doesn't need to deal with. Mm-hmm. So it helps oh, tolerate your immune system. That's very important. And that's why I like it. Because I work on using a virus, and the immune system can be kind of a bitch sometimes, and it's uh, kind of a pain in the ass, and the dendritic cells are the ones that are like, hey, you don't need to freak out about this virus. Just just chill. I do like that. Just chill for a second. That's why I like it, because it's practical to my career. (laughs) That that (laughs) is the most Sean answer I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) Yeah. My favorite character in this movie is definitely Danny Trejo, for sure. Yay! Because Good. he is the least racist character in the entire film, <laughs> for sure. So yeah, yeah, yeah. He, no, he's a very good person for the entire film. Yeah, he just cares about Bubble Boy, and he's like, hey, those bright and shiny people fucking suck, so mm-hmm. they shouldn't have hit you with a bus. And you're like, He calls yeah. him his little buddy. Yeah, his little buddy. I was like, that's great. Danny's he great. He is good. So he's a pure so He's my good. favorite character. Mm-hmm. Canon, at the risk yes. of me cutting out again, please, for the love of God, tell me <laughs> yeah, what I got you. It is, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So my favorite, uh, my favorite immune cells are phagocytes. So these are these are two different boys called neutrophils and macrophages, but the they do the same basic idea. So these bad boys show up at the site of an infection. So when your when your body's particularly inflamed, they show up and they're the garbage men of of the, the mm, immune system. Yeah. They show up. And they go num, 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 and they eat all the bad shit that's around you, including some of those worn out cells who can't do anything anymore and they're not happy anymore. But they also can act as what are called antigen presenting cells where they eat the bad shit and then break that shit down and then show it to the rest of your body and go, hey, this, this, don't eat this. So if you think about it, they're kind of like that friend who like tries out a restaurant for the first time that has maybe like a C rating for their health for their health rating, and uh-huh. they eat it and they poop themselves and they go, no, don't eat there. 
And those, <laughs> that's what phagocytes are. So they're like the garbage men slash health inspectors? Yes, exactly. Of your body. Uh, yes. <laughs> right. those... They come in and they're like, oh my god, you got shit everywhere. This place is shutting here. you down. Shut there's it poop down. here. No one those should eat here. Oh, also, as a quick disclaimer, if there's an actual immunologist listening to it, just please understand that we're not immunologists. So, like, <laughs> just, for the just, love hey, of God. Yeah. Go back and fast forward through everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm going to say that my favorite character, and this is hard to pick because there's, a, oh. there's quite a cast of characters in here. Um, I, I know I talked about John Carroll Lynch's character, Mr. Livingston, early on and how he was a good dad, but he's actually a really bad dad because he kept his bad wife secret for a really long time. Um, so I'm going to go with my favorite character being Fabio, who plays the cult leader, Gil. Oh, that was okay. Fabio, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Fabio. Yeah, he, oh he doesn't do anything in this film other than show up and be Fabio. And be Like, free. that was his whole point of him he being did, in the movie. He did, didn't he? He did it. Yeah. It's he a did good point. so well, too. He did a very good job. He did. Oh, good. Good for Fabio. All right, well, now that that hell's over, I mean, uh, now that that's over. Do you want to tell the good people what movie we're watching next I week? I do, because I'm so excited about it. So next okay. week, after watching these, I would say, eclectic film choices, <laughs> we are watching the movie yes. Alien. Yes. Which came out when? 70s? Are you fucking kidding me? How would you even get this? Alien has Sigourney Weaver in it, one of the most badass actors ever to exist in these films. It's true. And I can't believe that you weren't stalling long enough to say that this movie came out in 1979. Of course, (laughs) Kenneth. Of course, I would say that. It came out in 1979. I mean, I know when the movie Alien came out. Classic film starring Sigourney Weaver in 1979, the film came out. I will agree with that. I'm also, I, I really love John Hurt's role in this, and I'm so fucking excited to watch this movie again. My, I, oh. No, go ahead, please. My bar has been so lowered by, like, Bubble Boy. And, like, Buckaroo was, was good, but I don't think it's going to hold a candle to Alien. And mm. I'm very excited to, like, experience. watch this movie again, because it's been a really yeah. long time since I've seen it. And it's actually a good movie. So I get to watch That's, a good movie for the podcast yes. instead of like, you know, shooting an hour and a half of my life into the fucking sun. But, you know, yep, yep. we've I've all, been, we've all been there. <laughs> and, and listeners, I apologize. I did do my best uh, to try and get us to watch the 1986 movie Aliens. Um, specifically so we could watch Bill Paxton do his thing, but uh, there's a little bit of pushback, but I, I understand going with the classics, so hey, we, we will be watching we have Alien. To. We, we got have to. We got plenty of episodes ahead of us. That's, That's all I'm true. Saying. We're gonna we're gonna keep talking into the void for the rest of our lives. So I, yeah, I'm all I'm saying is we did one Jurassic Park movie. You know, oh, Jesus, we're not doing any more. There's a few. No, <sighs> no. There's oh. a few. I'm just saying. Well, maybe we'll mm. revisit a little teaser Ooh. for the listeners out I there. Don't, I don't think so. Pace, pace. Please re- so. rescue us from the space and tell us, tell yeah, us where the listeners can that. direct their questions. Please, the pace. listeners can direct their questions to us via email, realsciencecast at gmail.com or on Facebook and Twitter. Search for the Real Science Cast. Mm-hmm. We okay. also want to thank oh. <laughs> Otis McDonald for the song. Third Eye Blimp that we use as the intro and outro for our show. And hopefully one day Otis will hear this and he will send us an email and say, you're welcome. And I release you from any litigation that I may ever bring upon you. Well, thankfully it's it's royalty free. It's royalty free. (laughs) I know, Um, but I like the, I like the, the, the fucking like canon that maybe one day will be caught for doing a naughty thing. (laughs) And Otis steps in and goes, no. 
This no. is for them. This is for them. Everyone else pays them royalties. That's right. <laughs> Perfect. Ooh, boy, it's beautiful. All right, All right, I feel like we should end the episode. Yeah, we did it. Sure. We did a. We did an episode. Guys, I'm proud of us for putting a decent amount of science into an episode about a movie that is fucking terrible. Agreed. We're miracle workers at, at this we point. <laughs> We are miracle workers. We're like the people who helped Helen Keller. I think that's what the movie was about. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, no, that's think, good. That's yeah, good. I hey, so. one more yeah. distasteful joke to round off the Bubble Boy that episode. My name's Kenan Smith. Wow. <laughs> My name is Sean Crossan. And I'm Michael Pace. And remember. Oh, you don't need good science to make a good movie. <laughs> 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 makes it better. <laughs> Dude, there's also, I Google searched the boy in the plastic bubble, and what comes up is Google's recommendations for, quote, boy movies. It's just got... <laughs> boy films. <laughs> Gotta get First some of those one. good boy films. <laughs> it just says boy movies, and it's got boy in the plastic bubble, and then the Iron Giant, and then Stand By Me. It's the just Iron like, Giant? Fucking, yeah. <laughs> like, what is this? Never ending story. That's it's a... just all like, this has a boy in it. <laughs> This is a boy these movie. are movies with boys in them. These boy main characters. And then October Sky, also starring Jake Gyllenhaal, which is uh, who when wild. he was a boy. That's true. When he was when he was a boy. boy Gyllenhaal. Oh, I did Google boy movies, and I need you to know that uh, Tom Hanks Big is definitely one of them. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! Okay, all right. <laughs>